Hello, dear listener. Welcome to Prevailing World Podcast with Emmanuel Adekunle. I'm so excited to be your host on this podcast series, and I'm glad to have you join me once again. I believe you were blessed by the last episode on the subject, the word of his grace, the word of his grace. And today I'll be sharing on what I titled Growing in the Grace of Jesus, Growing in the Grace of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now turn your Bibles together with me to 2 Peter chapter 3. We commence reading from verse 14 down to verse 18. 2 Peter chapter 3 from verse 14 down to verse 18. We pray. Father, we thank you because you are a good God. Thank you because our realities in Christ are founded upon the revelation of your love to us world who believe. Thank you for your unending love with which you have loved us. And thank you because you have anointed me to bless your people in spiritual understanding. I therefore receive understanding for everyone whose heart is open to receive God's word today. And I declare that every heart is rooted in grace. Thank you because we know at the end of this, we all will be able to say that you have done exceedingly abundantly above all we have been able to ask or imagine according to your power that works in us now. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Alright, Second Peter chapter 3, we commence reading from verse 14. Wherefore, beloved, saying that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. An account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures, unto their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest you also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him the glory, both now and forever. Amen. Praise the Lord. Alright, on the previous episode, I treated the subject, the word of his grace. And we ran through a brief introduction on the book of Acts. We saw how that the book of Acts happens to be a continuation of the gospel of Luke and was written by Luke himself, Dr. Luke. And um, we see how that the book of Acts captures the movement of Christianity from Jerusalem um, to other parts of Israel. We saw how that it also covered um, as far as Rome. Um, and also how that it highlights the work of two apostles, okay, Apostle Peter and Apostle Paul, and every other personality that were featured in there. We have Stephen, we have Philip, Barnabas, Timothy, and Silas. Uh, I mentioned the woman Lydia, okay, uh, the purple woman, very humorous. Also, we examine the writing of Paul 
to the elders of the church at Ephesus. We saw how that he labored in the church at Ephesus um, for a space of two to three years. And um, when he was about leaving them, he was about making the parting statements. And so we saw his words to them in Acts chapter 2, um, Acts chapter 20, verse 25 to 32, how that he commended them unto God and to the word of God's grace. Praise God. Now, today we'll be examining Apostle Peter's second letter, um, which is addressed to Christians in general. Praise God. Now, in Apostle Peter's second epistle, Apostle Peter writes to combat the work of false teachers um, and immorality which results from um, wrong teachings. We know that wrong teachings actually will bring about wrong practices and as a result, um, in his writing, he begins to reaffirm to them how that the Lord Jesus will return. He made that very clear in his statement, how that Jesus will return and that um, the apparent reason behind Jesus' delay, the reason behind Jesus' delay was due to the fact that God is patient and is not willing that anyone should perish but that all should come to repentance. Praise the Lord. So in God's long suffering, we see that it is God's desire to have men repent and come to salvation. Praise God. Okay, uh, we also see that he, he encouraged believers to be diligent, to be found in Christ, and to be in peace without spot and blameless. And they also are to grow in the grace of God and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, which we will be examining today. Praise God. Now, as a recap, we saw in the last episode how that the grace of God, um, which happens to be the giving of um, Jesus in death and resurrection, which brought about the sharing of the Spirit in our hearts, was a proof of God's love to mankind. Praise God. We see that the grace of God will be about the gift of Jesus in salvation, what God did or the workings of God in salvation to bring us the Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, we see that um, the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus were all demonstrations of God's love towards us. And then the receipt of the Spirit in our heart is a confirmation that God cannot stop loving the believer. Praise God. Amen. So, the word of God's grace in context of Paul's word in Acts chapter 20 verse 32 will be about the grace of God as it relates to salvation. The grace of God as it relates to salvation. Now, there are actually dimensions of God's grace, um, dimensions of God's grace which have nothing to do with salvation or which are separate or different from salvation praise God and we are going to see that in a moment now the grace of God is not only seen in salvation even though when we discuss the grace of God in salvation it happens to be the height of God's grace yes the height of God's grace is seen in salvation however we have other usages of the word grace that is different or apart from salvation so in first Peter chapter 5 we see peter writing to younger ones and then first peter chapter 5 verse 5 it says likewise you younger submit yourselves unto the elder yeah all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility 
For God resisted the proud and giveth grace to the humble. This is a very common scripture that is used in correcting younger ones. It's a God resisted the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Now, what does this mean? We see here that God approves humility. Okay? And God disapproves pride. Hallelujah. So, uh, what we will see here is that it doesn't imply that God rejects the proud. No. This doesn't imply rejection for the proud at all. It only means God is displeased with the proud. Hallelujah. Do we understand? So, whatever emanates as a result of one being humble will be seen as a grace from God. Whatever comes out from a humble life, okay, will be seen as a grace from God. It means God supports humility. God approves it. Hallelujah. Now, the word grace is also used um, by Paul to describe his ministry to the saints at Philippi. Okay, in Philippians chapter 1 verse 7, we will see um, Paul talking here, Philippians chapter 1 verse 7. Even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bones and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of my grace. We see that now. You all are partakers of my grace. What does that mean? It means that Paul was describing the operation of the Spirit of God through him as grace or as his grace to them. Praise God. This means that the operation of the Spirit of God in men can be termed as grace. In Romans chapter 12, we'll see something instructive. Romans chapter 12 from verse 6 to 8. Romans chapter 12 from verse 6 to 8. I read. It says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given unto us. Can we see that? We have gifts differing according to the grace that is given unto us. Whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Or he that teacheth on teaching. Or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. So this means that as believers, we can be blessed by the grace or the gifts of another. Hallelujah. Now, just as you are partakers of my grace now, can I hear an amen? Hallelujah. All right. So as you are partakers of my grace now, just as an example, of course, you are partakers of my grace at the moment. Okay. So believers can also be blessed by the grace of another. Praise God. Believers can be blessed by the grace of another. Now, another place where the word grace is used in scriptures is 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Now, here Paul was admonishing the church of Corinth how that they were to give towards the work of God. And then he made it clear to them that God was able to make all grace abound towards them. He said, God is able to make all grace abound 
towards you. Now, the term there, all grace there, will be referring to what? Will be referring to material things, okay? Um, meeting needs. It means that God was able to meet their needs. God was able to make them prosper material things. Material provisions were, uh, it was a possibility uh, unto them because it is God's desire. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, we have been able to see that the word um, grace can be seen in the light of salvation, which happens to be the height of God's grace, and also can be seen as God's approval of any man that works in humility. Um, also, it can be a term used to describe the ministry of the Spirit or the operation of the Spirit in and through men. We also see that uh, it is God's material provision to meet needs. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now to our anchor text, 2 Peter chapter 3, which happens to be our actual point of discourse. Now, from verse 14, we will see Apostle Peter instructing the church that they be diligent and that they may be found of him in peace. That they be found of Christ in peace without spots and blameless. In contrast, against those who handle God's word with levity, those who do not esteem the work of Christ, um, just like those who did not esteem the words of Paul because it was hard to be understood. So he called them unlearned and unstable. Okay, now from verse 17, he now says that, Ye therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, beware, lest you also be led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. Hallelujah. Now, verse 18, which is our emphasis, he now says, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him the glory, both now and forever. Amen. Now, putting in mind our last study, we see here again that he was instructing them that they should grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this means that the grace he was talking about was the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It means that the grace he was, he was particular about here was the grace around salvation the grace concerning salvation what god has done in christ hallelujah and then he says grow in grace it can only take a man who has been introduced to something to grow in it praise god this means believers have been introduced to this grace okay how was this grace introduced it was introduced by the gospel when the gospel was preached the grace of god was made available hallelujah when the believer receives the word of grace receives the word of truth he is now saved and now in grace praise god so he is to grow in that grace hallelujah he is to grow in that grace in what grace the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I also want us to check a scripture. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 to 4. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 to 4. It says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men saved and to come to the knowledge 
of the truth. So it says that God desires all men, first of all, to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So it means that after the believer is saved, second only to salvation is the need for knowledge. Second only to salvation. Second only to salvation is the need for knowledge. What knowledge? Knowledge of the truth or knowledge of the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So it means that it is only by this truth, only by this knowledge that the believer can grow. Amen. Hallelujah. So the believer does not grow by just any word. The believer does not grow by philosophies. In fact, he doesn't grow because he listens to a word taught from the Bible. Okay? He doesn't grow because he listens to a word taught from the Bible. He grows by the word of truth. He grows by the word of Christ. Hallelujah. By the word of Christ. So, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 to 3. It says, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the world that you may grow thereby. If so be ye have tested that the Lord is gracious. It means that if you have tested that the Lord is gracious, verse 3, if so be that you have tested the, that the Lord is gracious, therefore desire the sincere milk of the world. Desire the sincere milk of the word, and what will happen? You will grow thereby, that you may grow thereby. So, the end point of knowledge, the end point of the word will be growth. Hallelujah. So, this means that the knowledge of the grace of God is a catalyst for spiritual growth. The knowledge of the grace of God, note the grace of God, not just any word, but the word of God's grace, what God has done in Christ. So I'll be sharing with us very briefly on truths about the grace of God. Truths about the grace of God. I have a number of them listed here, but I'll just um, run through very quickly. Now, the first one I'll be sharing is that the grace of God is free. The grace of God is free. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, uh, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9, it says that, um, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Verse 9, not of works, let any man should boast. Hallelujah. So, we were saved by grace, how? Through faith. Means when the grace of God was made available, when the grace of God was preached unto us, the word of grace made faith available in our heart faith in our heart therefore grants us access to what grace has come to supply praise god so the word of grace produces faith in our heart and the faith in our heart now grants us access to what the grace has come to supply and what has this grace come to supply the spirit of god praise god now reading romans chapter 3 from verse 24 to 25, we will see that the grace of God was given freely. Now, the fact that the grace of God was given freely does not mean it was without a price. Hallelujah. It doesn't mean it was without a price. It only means that the price was paid by another. Praise God. So, no man can actually pay for it because it has been paid for already. 
The only thing a man needs to contribute to receive of this grace is to believe in what has been done. Believe in the price that has been paid. Now, verse 24, Romans chapter 3, verse 24. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. Can we see that? To declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Hallelujah. So when we read this, what labor was invested to bring about this grace? The blood of Christ. Verse 25 says, Who God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. So what are we to have faith in? The blood. So the blood there will connote what? The sufferings of Christ. Hallelujah. And then we received of the glory that came afterwards. Hallelujah. Now, the second thing about the grace of God is that the grace of God is abundant. The grace of God is abundant. For it to be abundant, it means it is without measure, it is eternal, it is in excess. It means God is unrepentantly gracious. God is unrepentantly gracious. In 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 14, it says, And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. It says, The grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant. It was abundant. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 7. It says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ. The word exceeding there is the word hupabalo in the Greek. Hupabalo is spelled H-U-P-E-R-B-A-L-L-O, which means to throw beyond the usual mark or to surpass. Hallelujah. To throw beyond the usual mark or to surpass. Now, this is how it's explained. Let's assume a man is standing at point A and wants to throw a ball to point C. Praise God. He's standing at point A and wants to throw a ball to point C. Now, when he prepares himself for that throw, after he does all he needs to do, the ball does not just land at point C. It now lands at point Z after Y. Okay? Point Z or Z <laughs> as the case may be. Alright. Now, that means what? To throw beyond the target. The target was C, but it lands at Z. So we see that God's grace is unlimited. God's grace is unlimited. And any gift a man receives that has an end can never be of God's grace. It can't be of God's grace in Christ. Because God's grace is unlimited. It is without measure. It, it, is, it surpasses our understanding. It surpasses our, our thinking. God cannot be boxed. Hallelujah. Praise God. So the grace of God is abundant. Praise God. I'm going somewhere. Now, the third one I want to say is that the grace of God is God's nature in us. Is God's nature in us. Now, when we read Romans chapter 5, we will see how that sin was introduced into this world and by that introduced into the activities of men, which also made it impossible or difficult for man to live according to the dictates of God, the will of God. What was God's desire? God's desire was that man will live depending on his spirit, depending on his life. So when the grace of God was made available, the grace of God introduced God's 
spirit to us, which happens to be God's nature in the believer. Praise God. So the believer have now become partaker of the divine nature. They have become partakers of the divine nature. The spirit of God has been supplied. Hence, the believer can now live above the limitations of sin. Hallelujah. Now let's read 2 Peter chapter 1 from verse 2 to 4. 2 Peter chapter 1 from verse 2 to 4. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Can we see that? According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. To have been called to glory and virtue. Verse 4. Wherefore are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by this you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through loss. Hallelujah. So it says, by this you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through loss. So it says that we have been made partakers of the divine nature. We have been made partakers of the divine nature. Therefore, we can live as God's children on the earth by choosing to live in response to God's nature in us, in response to God's spirit in us. We can now live above the flesh, hallelujah, by choosing to yield to the spirit. So the grace of God now becomes an enabler to do the will of God. The grace of God becomes our enabler. The grace of God now becomes God's supply to ensure that the man in Christ can live above the limitation of sin, the limitation of the flesh. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hence, we are to grow in this grace, which is to grow in the knowledge of what Christ has done and who we are in him today. So how do we grow in grace? We grow in grace by knowing what God has done in Christ, the supplies of God in Christ towards us who believe and also our nature, which we have received of God. Hallelujah. Understanding the nature we have received of God and responding to it is actually spiritual growth. Understanding the nature we have received of God and yielding to it is growing in grace. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I believe you have been so blessed by this word. I believe you have been so blessed. Please do well to share this message with your friends. And for your feedback and comments or questions, you can reach me via the email address imadekuleministries at gmail.com. Imadekuleministries at gmail.com. Imadekule is spelled E-M-A-D-E-K-U-N-L-E. Imadekuleministries at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening till I come your way with another amazing topic on this podcast series. I am Emmanuel Adekunle. God has blessed you.